as for servants, now seek a fresh glimpse of your face. Your loving eyes restore our vision, your mighty acts deserve our praise. Burning fires that were once desires, return again to your grace. Keep the race before us, keep our eyes turned toward the prize. With patience and endurance, the cross standing firm in our eyes. Keep the race before us, and reward us, Lord, by your grace. With crowns of righteousness from the righteous judge, when we finish the race. your Bibles today, go to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 16, Luke chapter 16, very important message we're going to be preaching today, one for uh, important for us as individuals, it's important for us uh, as a church, and of course everything in the Bible is important, but well, I hope you really, really take this to heart, I mean it's it's so true. I've seen it so much in my own life and in my experience. I just and it's throughout the Word of God. And we're going to look at a parable here. And this is one that's used a few times in the Bible, kind of told in different ways sometimes. But Luke chapter 16, I want to read verse 1 through verse 13. And he said also unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig. To beg I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him, 
and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then said he to another, And how much owest thou? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and write fourscore. And the Lord commanded the unjust, or commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, Make to yourself make to yourself friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Right here we see a story of a steward. A steward, that's somebody who takes care of something that belongs to somebody else. For example, if you were, well, a good example of a steward is a bank, okay? You go and you take your money to the bank. Alright? And that's your money in the bank account, correct? Now they take that money and they do other things with it. You know, they they give loans. They use your money while it's there. And you're okay with that as long as they use it properly. And as long as uh whenever you need that money, you can go back and get it. Can you imagine uh, how you would feel if you went to a bank and they're like, uh yeah, your money's not here anymore. And you're like where is it? We're not sure. We don't know. I tell you, you're going to have a big problem there, aren't you? Uh, I remember the bank that I used to go to. Me and my dad were both there. And a lot of times, mine was coming up short. A lot of my deposits were going into his account. They would get the names mixed up and stuff. And uh, it was a real pain in the neck. And I was like, you know, I'm switching banks. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. And I mean, or imagine if you went to a bank and it's like, where's my money? And they said... Um, I spent it on my vacation. Okay? Hey, what's going to happen? You're going to get very upset. You're not going to give, you're not going to let them use any more of your money, are you? You are no longer going to allow them to be stewards of your money. And that's what this man was. There was a rich man and he had, uh, he had a steward. And he comes to him one day and he's like, hey, I want you, he said, give an account of thy stewardship. Seems like there's something wrong here. There's something missing. And he couldn't do it. And he was about to be fired from being the steward, and he didn't. When he said, "You know," he said, "I can't dig." He he wasn't able to do the physical labor. He was ashamed to go beg, and he he went and he did what he could to get the uh, to get that money back. And one of the things uh, one of the things that this passage reminds us of is that we need to be able to give an account of our stewardship, whether you know it or not. Every one of you in here are a steward. Everything that you have belongs to God. It was given to you by God. He allows you to use these things. And we need to remember that we're managing something that belongs to somebody else. And as a steward, I mean, any time, we ought to be able to tell what we're doing as a steward with what belongs to them. At any time, you ought to be able to go to the bank and they ought to be able to tell you how much money is in that bank. They ought to know. They ought to know where it's at. And when God asks us maybe ask something in return from us, we ought to be ready to give an account. 
Someday we're all going to stand before God, and we're going to give, and we are going to give an account. Just a couple verses. You don't have to turn there, but I want to read Matthew twelve thirty five says, "A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things." But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give and give account thereof. In the day of judgment, that day is coming for all of us when we are going to have to stand there and give an account for what we've done with what God has given us. And that's kind of scary if you stop and think about it. Imagine, just imagine, uh, we're getting ready to get into the tax season when people start filing their taxes. Imagine if the IRS were to come by and say, give an account. And we need you to prove every little thing. Hey, that's not always an easy thing to do. It's uh, you know we're not sometimes not always the best to keep in records, and I mean we're all scared of that IRS audit where we have to give an account. I mean even if you're doing your best to do everything legal, it'd still be scary having the IRS because those people, man, they they got they got a lot of power and they're mean. They'll come for you. Uh, I used to do taxes. Uh, I was a tax preparer. I didn't work with the IRS. But there was a lady there who did taxes who did work with the IRS. And you know what? She was mean to the customers. It was like she used to have to be reminded that, hey, you're not working for the government anymore. You're working for the taxpayer. <laughs> and so, but uh, the IRS people, man, they're scary. I'm scared of them. That's why I let somebody else handle my taxes. That way I can at least say, hey, it was their fault. You know, they did it. You know, but uh, I don't even know if that will work. They'll probably still. It's probably still your fault anyway. But giving an account, it's important. We're gonna, we're, you're going to have to do that. And what God gives us, okay? What, when you uh, give something to somebody else and you want them to be a steward, ultimately they are to use that money for your benefit. For example, the bank. You know, there's benefits you get from putting your money in the bank. You know, you can, you can earn some interest. You know, you get the, you're able to write checks and have debit cards and you have the security. There's benefits that you get from that and that they're benefiting you. Um, it helps you when you put that money in there because they're good stewards. And that and that's good. But I'll tell you what, they start losing it, starts disappearing, uh, we're gonna you would have a problem. And God feels the same way about what he gives us. But there's a few things that I want us to look at that we are stewards of, that belong to God, that He's given us. He's giving you these things and He's made you stewards over them. And someday, we're going to stand before Him and He's going to ask us what we have done with what He's given us. And we better have a good answer. And one and one of the things too, as stewards, we need to remember there's three things that the Master may do for you when you are a good steward. Um, or if, uh, one, you know, he'll make it maybe give you more to work with, and we'll get into some of those things later. But the first thing that we're stewards of is our treasure. Okay, everything that you have belongs to God. Our treasure belongs to Him. You say, "Well, I worked for it." Well, it was God that gave you the ability to do the work. It was God that gave you that body that you have. It's God that gives you the air that you breathe. It's God that uh, you know made the water that we drink and all the food that is on this planet that we use to survive. It's God that has given us all those things. And our treasure belongs to Him. Everything that we possess materially, including even our families, belong to God. The Bible says, except the Lord build a house. They labor in vain that build it. I'm doing my best to raise a good family and have a good family, but you know what? I want the Lord to build my house. I want the Lord to build my family. 
And if I try it on my own, I'm doing a lot of work for nothing. I hate doing a job and you know doing it wrong and wasting just tons of effort. I mean, have you ever done maybe you've been working on a project and you're working hard, you're sweating, you're tired, and then you find out I did it all wrong, and now I got to go back, and all that last three or four hours of work was for nothing. That's not a good feeling. I don't want to do that. But when we try to build our our own house, we're laboring in vain. We need God to build it. But God has every right to tell us how to use what we have, or to even take it. Okay, if if you go to the bank and you want to take all your money back, you have the right to do that, don't you? They shouldn't refuse to do that. I remember one time I went to the bank, uh, when I, that bank that I was telling you about that I left. I remember they were real, they were real banks bank the people at the banks are always real nice you they're real friendly they know you by name and stuff and just you know and they they treated me really good at that bank personally uh, I mean I walk in there and sometimes felt like I was a millionaire I was like you know you all don't have to be that nice to me I don't have that much money in the bank but they were they were real nice to me but I remember the day I went in there and I told them I'm gonna close out my account and boy she just kind of gave me a dirty look. And she went and told me, I want, she's like, all right, you know, you need to go sit over there. And I went and sat at this desk, waiting around for a while to somebody to come and do what they need to do to close out the account. And I'm sitting in this chair. And have you ever seen It's a Wonderful Life where George Bailey goes and sits down at the desk with Potter and he's sitting real low in that chair where he's kind of got to look up at Potter and just made him feel low? It's kind of a power thing that Potter was doing to him. Well, I felt like that in that chair. I'm sitting real low and I'm kind of looking around while I'm waiting. And I'm looking at the other chairs where people are opening accounts, the same chairs, but I looked and I looked at mine, the legs have been cut short. And I'm sitting there low in that chair, feeling like a loser, closing out my account came, the lady talking to me, she's not being friendly, the one talking to the people opening account, being real friendly to them. They weren't happy I was taking my money out of there. But you know what? They weren't the best stewards in the world. And the truth was, I had the right to do that. But you know what? We're kind of like that sometimes. When God asks for some things back from us, we act like, hey, Lord, what are you doing trying to tell me what to do with my treasures? Lord, you have no right to do this. Yes, He does. He has every right to do that. And boy, we'll act like God is asking us to do some horrible thing that no God would ever really ask somebody to do. Yes, He would. Everything we have, it belongs to Him. Our treasures are His. And we ought to know exactly what has been done with those treasures that God's given, uh, God's given us. And you may say, well, God knows what I've done with this treasure, but God also wants you to know. He wants us to pay attention to these things. He wants us to be good stewards. And part of the treasure that He's given us, He's given us the Word of God. This here is a treasure. Amen. And I tell you, what have you done with this treasure? Have you read it? Do you know what's in it? Are you following the things? Are you following the commands? Are you living these things? Are you spreading the Gospel? Are you telling other people about it? Are you sharing it? Listen, there are some things that God he just he wants us to share. And the Word of God is one of those things. That gift of salvation that we have, God wants us to tell other people about it. He wants us to share that. He's given us something and He's commanded us to do something with it. And we've got to be faithful in doing that. We've got to be faithful and our treasures and the greatest treasure that God has given any of us is salvation. And we ought to tell other people about it. And it's not like we have to take away, it's not like we have to lose our salvation to give it to somebody else. We can still keep it. 
It's offered to everybody and it's up to us to tell people about that. And there's many Scriptures we could look at. One that I want to look at says, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. It says stewards of the mysteries of God. We have these things. We have the Word of God and we're supposed to use them for God's glory. And then it says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. We need to be faithful in this. We've got to be consistent in sharing these things. And not just our treasures do we need to be good stewards of. We need to be good stewards of our time. It's so important we do that. Our time, all 24 hours in the day, they belong to God. We can't make the day one second longer or one second shorter. It's God that gives us the time we have. It's up to Him. We can do all that we can to try to uh, you know, extend our life, but you know, really, it's God that's in control of that. It's God. God knows how much time you have. We don't. But we one thing we do know is that we do have today. God has given you today, and God expects you to do something with today. I believe on Sundays God expects you to go to church on that day. So I don't have time, really, because you know what, everybody. God's given everybody equal time in the day. Did you know all of us, we all have 24 hours in the day. Everybody. We have equal time. And God's asked some things for uh, from us during that time. And we need to use it for Him. The excuse I don't have time, it doesn't exist with God. Everybody has equal time. It's just everybody has different priorities. You know, you always have time to do your own will, but it seems like it's God's will that a lot of times takes the back seat. Luke chapter 16, verse 13 says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. The problem is, is we've got two masters in our life where we're trying to serve two masters. We're trying to serve ourselves and serve God. We're trying to give God what's left over. And that's not what a good steward does. A good steward is going to make God the priority. God's will comes first, my time comes second. And that I tell you that uh, we've got to keep that in our mind. The time we have belongs to God. It's your responsibility to get rid of the waste. You know, I, I challenge you maybe if you work a job in a factory or something, you know, and they uh, I remember when I worked in the factory we had production numbers and things that we were supposed to you know complete. And if you didn't do it, you know they didn't listen to a lot of excuses. Well, I didn't have time. Well, why didn't you have time? Why are we paying you? you know, what were you doing during these hours that we have been paying you to do this job? Well, I was busy talking with other coworkers. You know, I was busy, you know, talking on the phone. I was busy taking extra time on my break. I was busy, you know. Hey, they're not going to listen to that. It's not going to fly. It's not going to work. And God's given all of us 24 hours in a day. And if He wants us to do something during that time, we're like, I don't have time. It's not going to work for God. I'm not saying you have to stay up 24 hours a day doing nothing but praying and reading your Bible. God knows we need to sleep. God knows we need. You know, there's you know we got to work. There's things we need to do. But we need to find out. We need to realize though that I need to be a good steward. That I use my time in a wise way. That I don't waste my life away doing things that don't matter and mean absolutely nothing. 
And especially, let those things stop me from serving God. I mean, I hope you don't miss church because you don't have time because you're too busy watching TV. That's just not going to help in eternity very much. It's not going to, it's not going to accomplish a whole lot. You know what? I, I couldn't read my Bible today because I was too busy playing video games. Hey, I like video games as much as anybody. But you got to get your priorities right. And if, if you... If you do a good job as a steward, steward of your time, I think it's okay to reward yourself maybe with some of those things. But we need to make sure we're not shortchanging God in the meantime. We need to be good stewards of our time. I worked with a fellow one time who uh, he was a pastor's son, but uh, he, he was a, he was an interesting individual. He liked to talk about how good of a Christian he was all the time, and, and just to tell you the truth, he really wasn't. But he came to me one time and he. He was talking to me about tithing, and he's like, he's like, I, I believe in tithing. I was like, yeah, I, I believe in tithing. I do it. And he's just like, he, uh, and he's like, you know, I, I believe in giving ten percent. He's talking about it. He's like, I think, I think it's important that you do that. And and then he started talking about how he tithed, and he's like, you know, God knows we gotta pay our bills. God knows we gotta eat, and God knows we gotta do all these things. And so after I pay all my bills and whatever I have left over, I give ten percent. I remember I was just like, if that's how you tithe, the Lord's owed me money a few times because I was like, it doesn't, you know, that's not how it works. He's like, hey, not only do I tithe of my money, but I tithe of my time. I think we ought to give ten percent of our time to God. I'm thinking, wow, you know, that's pretty good. That's you know, a little over two and a half hours a day. Now that's that, that's pretty good. And then he's like, you know, the Lord knows we need to sleep. Eight hours a day. Lord knows we need work. You know, forty hours in the week. And he went and deducted all these things that the Lord knows we need to do. And he made it where ten percent of his time was the time he spent going to church on Sunday. I was just like, okay. It's like, but I, you know, it's it's crazy the way we do some of the things. I'm thinking that's poor stewardship. That's poor stewardship. He's only using a small portion of what God has given him. Not ten, you know, definitely not ten percent, and that's how we are. We kind of make these excuses, and we don't want to do that. We need to realize these things belong to God, and you know what? But we're always talking about being busy in our culture. It's like we think that being busy, you know, means you're important. No, not all the time. Sometimes it just means we're poor stewards of our time. We're not using that. We're not using it well, and it's true. It's uh, it's definitely not good to be idle. For idle, we're going to get ourselves in a lot of trouble. But maybe the reason many people's life is so chaotic is because they're just poor stewards of God's time. And one of the ways you can tell if you are a good steward of your time, or you can tell that you're not a good steward, is if you're constantly saying, "I don't have time for something that's God's will," you're a poor steward of your time. I don't have time to go to church. I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to spend with my family and take care of my family. Poor steward. Alright, we need to work on it. You know what you need to do? You need to give an account. In other words, what you need to do is you need to go and maybe start checking some records and things. I don't have any. I used to do that with my bank account. When I was younger, you know, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention. I'd use my debit card and things sometime and you know, I just I didn't keep track of everything real well. And it was fine because I was young and single and I had a lot of money. But then I got married. And 
Money started going a little faster. You know what? We had to start keeping track. We had to start watching real close. We got that wonderful thing that had come out not long before, the online banking, where we could check all our transactions and things. We had to start watching it close. Because you know what? I was using a lot more of my money than I was than I was before. And um, we've, uh, we've got given account. Maybe you need to sit down and document what you have done with your time during the week. And you know, if you didn't have time to read your Bible, but you spent 12 hours in front of the TV, bad steward of your time. You do a lot of studying during that time. And you know, check these things out. Give an account of your stewardship. But not only do our treasures belong to God, and not only does our time belong to God, but your talent that you have belongs to God. God, it was God that formed you in the womb. It was God that made you the way you are. You know, whenever you know, I'm always telling family members and stuff whenever they're going to have a baby, and it's like, hey, you know, make sure you have a boy. You know, make sure you have a boy. And like, hey, we really can't control that. You know, I always kind of, I was, I always kind of wanted to have twin boys. All right, for a while, I, I wanted to have twin boys. I told my wife, like, you need to have, we need to have twin boys, and she never had twin boys. All right, hey, there's some things you can't completely control. God does that, that part. And you know, as much as I'd like to have had twin boys, I love to death what I have. God knew better than I did. And God made, God is the one that made all my kids. He's the one that made them boys and girls. And God was, God was very good to me when He gave me two boys first because I thought I was only going to have girls because I had four sisters. Couldn't get a brother to save my life. And I, I was very excited when I had uh, two boys first. But it was God that did that. It's God that does, it was God that made you. And God has given you your, the gifts and the abilities that you have. And you know what? They might not necessarily be some of the gifts and abilities that you would like to have. I, there's a lot of things that I'm not very good at that I wish I was better at. But, hey, this is what I have. This is, this is what I'm stuck with. But you know what I can do? I can take the gifts that God has given me and I can use them for His glory. I can use those talents. What are you doing for God, special for God that nobody else can do. God doesn't want everybody in here to be the pastor of the church. That wouldn't work out too well. I know a lot of pastors who've started churches and they had another guy who used to be a pastor come and start going to the church and cause nothing but trouble. I mean, you get too many pastors together. All the, we like to fight with each other. I mean, it's just kind of a uh, we, we, you know, we're all opinionated and uh, got you know ideas about things that we like to make sure everybody agrees with us, or we're not going to be friends with them about. I mean, it's just kind of I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's just me, but I think there's a lot more like that. Hey, it would it would not work. But God gives He puts everybody in the church. You're here for a reason. There's something special about you. There's something unique about you. And you know what? You ought to try to find what it is. Find out what what your gift is. Find out what part of the body you are in the church. Romans 12 talks about that. Find, find that place. If you don't know what your talents are, maybe it's just you haven't been a good steward of that talent. You haven't used that talent. Maybe you don't you don't realize it. You know, sometimes you just need to maybe try some things. Just put yourself out there. Some people are so scared of failure sometimes they just don't want to try anything. And you just need to try and find out what those those gifts are that you have. Those talents that God gave them to you to use for His glory. 
Not for your own glory. And find out what that is. And then also, another thing that belongs to God, our testimony belongs to God. Did you know many people's opinion of God is based on their opinion of God's people? In 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 14, Nathan's talking to David after David had committed that horrible sin with Bathsheba. And David, or Samuel, or Nathan, Nathan, I'm sorry, Nathan said to David, he said, You've given the enemies of God an occasion to blaspheme. People blaspheme God because of what David did. God didn't do it. It was David that committed adultery with Bathsheba. But people use that against God. And that, you know what? People do that with us too. If we, if you make a statement, if people know that you're a Christian, they know you go to Liberty Baptist Church, but then you treat them like garbage. Maybe you rip them off financially. I mean, you do something bad to them, you cuss them out. Well, oh, that's how God's people are. That's how people from Liberty Baptist Church are. I'm not going to have anything to do with that. And you know what? That's, that's no excuse at all. Anybody who tries to hide behind somebody else's sin is a coward. Okay? They ought to be smart enough to know that you know it's God that's perfect, not people. But you know what? We sh- we shouldn't be the- we shouldn't be doing that. We ought to have a good testimony. If people don't want to come to church because you attend here, maybe it's because you're a poor steward with your testimony. That te- your testimony is very important. I know as a pastor, it's one of the most important things I have. So I'm very careful about what I do and I'm not going to put myself in certain positions because sometimes just an accusation can ruin a church. I want to make sure I have a good, I have a good testimony. I have the kind of reputation that if some, you know, somebody may come along someday and try to make up something just to cause problems. The devil will send people along like that. The devil will do that to you too. They might, he'll send somebody along and they will lie about you. They'll say something that's completely false. But you know what? You ought to have the kind of testimony that when that happens, people will say, I don't think that's true. I know that person. And they wouldn't do that. I've had that happen to me before. When I worked at Walmart, I remember there was one instance where I was accused of something. And every one of the managers and supervisors that he had talked to, the first thing they said was, that didn't happen. They didn't believe him. And finally, one of them came and just asked me more just out of uh, protocol. You know, but he was like, yeah, I didn't think it for a second. And I'm thankful I had that kind of testimony there. And that's the way that's the way it ought to be, because that testimony—it's not just mine; it belongs to God. I'm trying to represent God on this world, in this world that we have, in this wicked world. I'm trying to tell other people about Christ. And if I have, if I'm having a bad testimony, it ultimately hurts God, and it hurts what God's trying to do. And our testimony—it belongs to Him. We don't want to make people think less of God because of our testimony. So it's no excuse, but. People will people will do that. And, you know, there's no order of importance on the things that we're to be good stewards of. We're supposed to be faithful in everything that belongs to God, from the smallest to the greatest. We saw in that passage in Luke it said, "He that is faithful in least, we've got to be faithful in little things as well as the big things." Imagine if you went to that bank 
and maybe you and your friend go there, and your money's gone and your friend's is still there. And they look at you and you're like, what happened to my money? Well, there wasn't really much, so we didn't really worry about it. Your friends, though, he had a lot, so we we cared about that. Well, wait a minute. Hey, I might only have a little bit, but it matters a whole lot to me. You ought to be faithful, and you ought to, you ought to be you ought to take care of the people who don't have very much money, as well as the people who have a lot of money. And you know what? God feels the same way. God wants us to be faithful across the board. And God will bless us in the bigger things when we're faithful in the small things. God wants us to be, He wants me as a pastor to be faithful pastoring a small church. And you know what? Someday He may trust me with a bigger church as, as a church. Those of you that are, that are members here in this church, I mean, this is, this is your church. You are a part of this. Uh, what goes on here? You have a great deal to do with it. And if you are faithful, God may allow you. God may allow us as a church to grow and to do more things. And uh, I mean, who knows what this could turn into? But if we're all sitting around waiting for the big thing to happen, God's not going to bless. God's first to say, "Let's see what you do with this little I give you." I tell you, you know, the Lord has been—he's been good to us. He's given us this great, you know, this great facility. And it's—I mean, it's—it's it's wonderful. So it's, it's, we're a smaller building, but you know what? Maybe God's wanting to see what we do with this. And you know what? He may say, "You know what? I think I can trust those folks with the bigger one." You know, I think I maybe if if you would be faithful with your money that you have now, I only have a little bit of money. Well, maybe if you'd be faithful with that little bit of money, then maybe God would trust you with more. Think about think about that. That's why we got to be faithful. In the little things, so many people they they try they ignore they ignore the little things. God, maybe God wants to see if you're going to be faithful on that job that's paying you minimum wage, and then maybe if you're faithful there, He'll give you that job paying the bigger wage. He wants us to see how we handle these things. God wants to know if He can trust us. And he's going to put us to the test. He's just—it's not just going to automatically happen. God wants me to be faithful, and whether I'm preaching to a small crowd or a big crowd, if I'm—if when I'm studying, if I study one way to preach to one group and another, when we have, you know, I try to put a lot of effort into my messages and make sure I take it serious. I—I try to preach the same way. If I'm preaching to 20 people, if I'm preaching to 200 people, it shouldn't matter. God wants us to just be faithful. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. One of the things faithful that one of those things it means consistent, consistent across the board. Hey, you know, there's if you if you do bad in school, chances are probably not, you're probably gonna do bad working. There's this, you know, we we have patterns, don't we? They do the they do the minimum to get by in school. They're gonna do the minimum to get by in their job. That one that though that really excels and really works hard, you know they're gonna do the same thing in other areas in their life. And we've got to, we've got to make sure that we're faithful in these areas. Everything that we have it belongs to God from the smallest thing to the greatest, and we need to be faithful in every one of these things. So let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.